Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again. The episode 120 here. Let's grab ourselves a refreshment. Get that posture up and we'll get serious here. Don't mind my little sinus infection I got going on. Too much pussy. No, just jokes. I'm not sure. Okay, this episode is sponsored by Phillips Law, ladies and gentlemen. One billion plus, one for our clients. Trust and recommended since 1993. Over 1,800 plus Google reviews. Official partners of the Arizona Cardinals. You need Phillips. And for any legal advice you may need for our family, friends, and audience, free of charge, give them a call. 602-388-1669. That's Phillips Law, ladies and gentlemen. The best in the biz. And uh, we're here with my buddy, longtime friend, Rob Emerson. He's been a MMA vet for years and years and years. And he's been around. He's helped many champions become champions. He's working with a ton of high-level fighters now. Took a little hiatus recently. What artist were you working with? Singer artist? You might be able to move that mic a little closer to uh, uh Peso, yeah. Peso Pluma. I just jumped on the last week of his, his U.S. tour that he was doing out here. Uh-huh. And I uh, went out there and trained him. So, so you were traveling on the bus? Uh, yeah. Well, he had like a, yeah a bus for him and his crew, and then a separate bus for like you know management staff and all that too. What so. was that like? Uh, it, it was cool. It was cool. I, I completely overslept one time. I woke up at like close to noon, and everyone was inside. Um, and you were it, supposed to be training him earlier? No, 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 no. We, we haven't worked out yet at that point. But it's it's life on the road for sure. They go from fucking city to city. Like when they they close out a show, they hop on, they go to the next town. So. Yeah, it's a trip, I guess. I know. bet just being those two tour buses and just seeing that, that lifestyle is probably exhausting. It's a lot more work than people think, I bet. Yeah, you got to be dedicated to the to your job and kind of really love what you do. And, I mean, it's, it's not, you know, every, everybody wants fame and all that, but I, I, that, that lifestyle is not for everybody, you know. Oh, that's the truth, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so you were just helping him with some kickboxing skills? Yeah, I just wanted to, I guess, lift, maintain his physique and stuff while he was out there and on like a trainer on the road and you know but he's so busy doing everything left and right and you know what i mean i bet that was so, kind of cool it was cool it was a fun experience i know his manager george he she uh he used to manage cyborg actually back in the day and so he owns the production company that that signed peso and then uh they're actually business partners now with that so and did you get to hang out at any like uh, the after parties and stuff or no no he wasn't in, I, he wasn't into that he likes he has a big crush on this other um latin singer chick and so i guess he tries to keep it tight and tries to yeah so even because perlo was out there training him before me and we talked about it like kind of what to expect and he was like dude there's zero bigs out there oh <laughs> really out, i'm like fuck yeah he's you might like, be able to just turn that thing just a little closer you don't have to lean forward just turn it oh cool you're back in action now, huh? Yeah, back over here at the gym helping the guys. We got Jared uh, back on track recovering and, you know, guys coming up. So And he's coming back quick, dude. Jared's just a freak show, that guy. That guy is a fucking freak show. Yeah, he really is. He's in the gym more than any athlete I've ever seen. I don't think he takes any supplements or anything. Just eats We're, fuck, we're talking Jared Cannonier, the killer gorilla. He's just uh, recovering from some knee issues, but he's coming back quick. Coming back quick, doing everything he needs to do. Um you think someone punches heavy, but you get punched by that guy. It's like you're getting punched by a 300-pound man. His bones are so dense and his wrists and his hands and everything so dense. It's like, fuck, you could fuck somebody up. That's what it is, is bone density. I, I, I talk about this all the time, dude. It's a skeleton backed up by the nervous system, right? That's what the human weapon is. And bone density, you can feel on impact. You know what I mean? Like Joe Riggs, another motherfucker, dude. Yeah. Dense bones. You can feel the wars he's been in, just like in his bone density, you know? That's I wonder what about thing. it with like big hands too, like big hands, like Suge's got really big fucking paws on him, big paws. I don't know how much that has to do with it, just heavy punches and him putting people's lights out, maybe a little bit, but yes, people with big paws, it's weird. I got fucking, I got a big body, but my hands aren't very big and I've broke them so many times cracking people. You broke yeah. yours a handful of times? Uh, I just got... My thumbs are busted, like the boxer's fracture, you know? So, like, like I can't do gi. I can't really grip much, but I can, like, line my knuckles up and hit. So, I'm going to try to do another bare-knuckle fight. I think uh, either Game Bread in March or BKFC is coming out here, I think, March 16th. So, 
Riggs is supposed to be throwing that card together. March 16th, they're coming out here, and I wonder where they're going to do it at. Damn, I'm not sure. I think Just, Tucson was the last time. But sweet. I like to jump on there and fucking that'd be sweet. Get rumbling. Yeah. Uh yeah, that that was just talked about. I mean, did the news just drop Jorge Mazadol versus Nate Diaz? I'm I'm curious what promotion they're gonna do that in and uh how many rounds it's gonna be. But that'll be pretty I think that'll be a lot more competitive than the MMA match was. They just released that right now? Nate Diaz versus Mazadol is going down in March. MMA, bare knuckle or what? Boxing. Boxing, nice for the game bread and. Uh, I don't know. They didn't say the promotion, so uh, I'm, I'm curious what promotion is going to be. Before. That real fighters Inc. What they did half Jake Paul's promotion and half right Nate's with that. Uh-huh. Uh, that's probably what, they, what they, they'll probably do half game bread, half half. I wonder if fight. Nate will push for twelve rounds for that, but that'll be a that'll be oh. an exciting boxing match. I yeah, think. I'd like to see that. I li- I would like to see that more in the MMA match between them. Uh huh. That's interesting for sure. Yeah. More strategy and like uh, you know. Also, they announced um, Anthony Joshua versus Francis in Saudi Arabia. I knew Francis was going to get another big fight like that. Chug said, he's like, nah, I don't know if he'll get another big one. I don't know if those boxers will want to do that. I'm like, I don't know, but I think they will. And those Saudis throw that money around like fucking crazy. Yeah. So someone rolls at you and says, we'll give you $50 million to fight this guy. Uh, um, a question was asked when Francis comes back to MMA, what's going to be the big difference? I mean, obviously the five minute rounds are going to be different, but I think Fran- Francis, when he comes back to MMA, he's going to be more of a problem now For that sure. he knows how to sit down in his stance. He, he knows how to s- stay balanced when he's punching and he's, he's just working years and years and years of just properly punching the right way with a bunch of good boxers. I'm like, yes. he's going to be even fucking scarier than he was before. Fuck yeah, and lining up his knuckles. He's going to have so many reps of landing his knuckles to a target, and that builds confidence. And yeah. that that confidence is scary to anyone that has power. If they have if they have undying confidence to that final bell, they're always a problem, dude. You know? I mean, that's the thing about people don't understand when you when you're a person who's knocking people out and you have that confidence i need to touch this guy's chin and he's gonna fall that's a scary scary thing that's the thing going into this fight with cheeto that sugar i like he's fucking confident he's confident he can put cheeto's face first in the fucking mat um but he's also smart too we know how durable cheeto is cheeto's never been dropped yeah he's never been knocked out and now we're gonna have to fight him for 25 minutes so we're really preparing to be able to bounce the knuckles off his chin, beat up his body for 25 minutes, preparing for a war with that kid. I think that's a ticket too, going to the body and legs. That just takes out the whole machine, the whole frame. Yeah. And, and Suge moves his feet so well, dude. He's got he's got wings on his on his feet, you know what I mean? And because of that, guys are always trying to chase him and plot, and he catches them as soon as they plot, you know? And Cheeto's like, I think it's a good idea. Take out the legs, take out the body. I uh, I was a little bit too confident the last fight with Cheeto, and I'm never going to do that again. Was there has there been fights in your career that you've cornered or been in that you're just so fucking confident and then they don't go your way? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Isn't that wild? Fuck, dude, I mean, wild. Th- that overconfident thing is such a such a thing, especially in MMA. It's just you have Shit. no fucking idea what's going to happen. Yeah, you're like, what did I do wrong? Like, what did I do? You're so ready for it. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what makes our sport so interesting and, and loved because there's so many variables. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many things that can happen. Um, but we got a bunch of other other fight announcements Basketball too. Basketball and Nate, I'd like to see that though. I like to see the endurance of that fight. You know, yeah, like how like late in the later rounds, how they would go and who who stays, you know, being a strategist and who goes to brawling and all that. And yeah, it's gonna be good because Mazdal. I mean, he you see him even in MMA fights. There's not many guys in MMA that just have sharp boxing in MMA. He had sharp boxing in MMA. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. So that's gonna be a, a good little battle, and I'm looking forward to it. And another one they announced is Charles Oliveira versus the Sarsukian kid. Sarkukian. Sartukian. You know who that kid is? The 55er, he just won. He just beat uh, Benil Dariush. Oh, yeah, fuck. I did watch that fight. And Charles Oliveira is the Oliveira is the underdog. Dog. Interesting. Yeah, that kid's going to be a fucking problem, though. I think that's yeah. not going to be an easy fight for Charles. People are like, whoa, we're going to make a bunch of money on that fight. I'm like, I don't know. That kid is fucking a problem. He's going to be very, very good. Yeah, Benyon's good too, dude. He's tech, you know, he's dangerous. Uh-huh. Man. And another, the co-main got announced for uh, UFC 299, and that's Dustin Poirier versus Benoit St. Denise. 
which is crazy. It's a five-round co-main event on the UFC 299 card. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's a, I mean, that's, I don't know. Is that a win? Is that a lose-lose for Dustin? I mean, the kid's not a huge name yet. He's expected to beat this kid. Uh, and the guy's fucking tough as shit. So I don't know. We'll see. Gilbert Burns versus Jack Magdalena. Madalena. That's another fight on the card. Sweet fight. Yeah, Gilbert's the homie, dude. I like. I, I was with him when he first started getting in MMA. And when he was just a grappler, I hired him. Uh, I was working with Lucas Leche over there at uh, Checkmat in La Habra, the headquarters. And uh, just I was, was going to fight RDA. And so uh, uh, that's who I was doing all my rounds with. He's just good energy, that guy. He seems dude. like he's like that all the time. Yeah, and just so down. He's so dense, thick-ass neck, just ready to brawl. But just like, he loves it. He loves fighting, and he just... Best energy, dude. He had the same energy back then. I remember holding pads for him. He was just learning how to strike. I was kind of swapping out that for like grappling sessions with him. And it's cool to see how he blew up and where he's, where he's at now. Fuck yeah. He is just game too. He, and he's one of those guys. I'm, I, that's really what I wish Taquino, when he was fighting in the UFC, he had. Gilbert is not afraid to shoot on the legs. He'll shoot a single leg. He'll shoot a high crotch. Taquino was always, he was trying to take people down upper body always. He was really good at judo and trips and stuff. So that was his way to take him down. But someone like Damian Maya too, who wasn't afraid to shoot and grab a high crotch and grab a single. And that's just they just fuck people up that way. Gilbert yeah. Burns, Damian Maya, like Taquino, those those world championship level guys get on top of you. That you're not gonna get up. And for you to get up, you gotta go to all fours. And those guys are expert back takers, so they're gonna be on your back. Yeah. Uh so looking forward to that fight. That's gonna be a tough fight for Jack, I think. And um Okay, and then we got Curtis Blades, Jelton Almeida. And then we got Kevin Holland versus Michael Venom Page. Who do you got in that one? That'd be good. Ah, uh, fuck, dude. That one's a coin flipper. Yeah, both guys are like unorthodox and fucking wild. That's interesting. Just That's spring, springy as fuck, too. Super yeah. long. Uh, that is a good matchup. I don't know. I don't know on that one. Hopefully Kevin Holland's not afraid to get on top a little bit. Get on top, wear him out. Take a little bit of their pop away compared to Stephen Thompson. He kept letting him up and just yeah, I think he has to get pieced. off first, dude. You know, I think he has to get off first on him. And then on the prelims, we got Peter Yan versus Song Yedong. Nice. That's fucking wild. That's on the prelims. Yeah, that's a trip. Jesus Christ, that's going to be a sick fight. Damn, that's two ninety nine. Two ninety nine. And then before that, Peter Yan Song Yedong. I don't know. I think. Song Yedong, he's just so fucking explosive. He's such a dense little dude. Peter Yan's a lot more technical than him, I believe. I don't know. I don't know how Peter Yan's going to look. Three fight, three fight losing streak. I don't know how he's going to look. If I had to pick, I'd probably pick Peter, but we'll see. Three rounds, fuck. And then before that, we have Matthias Gamrot versus Dos Anjos. Rafael Dos Anjos. Another fucking sick fight. Then Michelle Pajera's on the card. Then we got our boy Kyler Phillips versus Pedro Munoz. Nice, that's gonna be a good one. On that fight, I just don't know. I'm trying to think how Pedro could beat Kyler. Yeah. And in shape, Kyler. Yeah. Fuck, I have done I just a few rounds know. with Pedro over at Black House and Ruka. He's he he's a, he he shoots the single leg. He's not afraid. He's another guy's not afraid to shoot. But Kyler's just longer, longer range, longer weapons. I think. Kyler does better with movement. I think he'll be able to feed him shots, you know, at will and then engage when he wants to, disengage when he wants to. Kyler's yeah. so good. Dude. He's technically one of the best guys that we have at the gym. You know what I mean? Oh, He's for sure. Guy. I mean, just going with Kyler, I'm like, I'm way bigger than this motherfucker. I should be able to take his ass down. He's such a – his balance is so good. He just – he's done gymnastics since he was a little kid. He started jiu-jitsu when he was like three and a half years old. So he's such a he's a real life fucking ninja that kid. Yeah, <laughs> for reals. Uh, Pedro yeah. Munoz, they say he's a, such a good calf kicker, but like I said, Kyler in shape, focused, smart with his energy. I think he fucks Pedro Munoz up. Yeah. And so that's gonna be a stacked card. God damn it, that's gonna be a stacked card. They just signed this heavyweight. This guy's gonna be also on the card. This Robelis de Spain guy. He's four zero. He's fucking and he's giant. knocking everybody out. Taekwondo, dude. Yeah. So, like, that's what I was saying. If he came back to MMA, and and Francis, you gotta prove to... your worth though. At like elite levels, though. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, there's a flat. Everyone has this window where they're like, "Oh, the hype train," but you gotta prove your worth at the elite levels. Like 
the for videos I've seen of that guy, he molly whomped a couple guys, but they didn't look like they were like, you know. Yeah, I mean? they came out look, knowing they're going to lose this fight, a little bit timid, a little bit scared, and he comes out and whips him in the fucking face. Like, this guy's 6'7". <laughs> he's 6'7", and he's athletic, and he's fucking springy. He's 4'0". 260 pounds. This is a real heavyweight. But they're, I mean, they're giving a, they're giving him a, a, a fight, another fight to make some highlights. Just springy at that size is what, that, that's, that's what makes him dangerous. That's what makes yeah. Cannoneer so dangerous. He's super springy and like a fucking heavyweight skeletal frame. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? He lost some weight muscle to drop down weight classes, but he has a big springy fucking heavyweight dense frame, you know? Mm -hmm. It's dangerous. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So there's some, Good fights we got to look forward to. It's going to be sweet these next couple months. Uh, well, this weekend, though, we have our boy Mario Bautista fighting Ricky okay. Simone. And Mario Bautista in the last year, this kid, he put on some power, and that made him very scary. I was with him when he fought Corey Sandhagen for his debut. He took it on like 10 days. No, I mean, super short notice. But he was walking around at 140 pounds, like fight week. Now he's solid. I mean, he's a big 155er. He's got power. He's so well-rounded. Ricky Simone's another kid who's so fucking good. He's he's a lot shorter, very springy. His jiu-jitsu is phenomenal. His wrestling's good. This is going to be a good battle this weekend. Yeah, I think Mario just keeps the feet moving. Keeps him Because I think, for me, I think the best anti-wrestling tool is footwork, right? To not even be there to wrestle him, but we, we don't have to, you know what I mean? And... Mario's been moving so well on his feet. And that also lines up for the knees. Ricky's always having to plot forward and kind of chase Mario and find his target. There'll be a lot of opportunities where Ricky's stepping forward with that lead foot to, you know, land some mm -hmm. fucking knees, land some body kicks, high, high, high fucking body kicks to the mm -hmm. shoulders. And mm -hmm. Mario's smart. And remember, we could be going the complete opposite game plan, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this out here. We're not yeah. giving it away. Yeah, could be looking. Try to stop that shit. Yeah, could be looking to Chael Sonnen him. And take him down for 15 minutes. So, uh, looking forward to that. And then uh, we got Marcus, Marcus McGee, another one who's just barely bursting on the scene. Who's a super, he's a super athlete. I think he's so balanced both stances. He's one of the guys that give gives Shugs like some problems. He's fucking good. He's just so good. He's athletic. If he wants to take you down, he'll take you down. Um, super confident and. Just for being so new in the UFC, he he goes out there and he's so calm and relaxed. And he's just so in the moment, and uh, I think he's going to get another finish this weekend too. Yeah, it'll be a good weekend for the boys because both of those names are significant names. You know what I mean? By the way, those and, and Rick Simone, like for both of them to win, that's upper echelon. You know, guys Fuck with the yeah. class. So, a hundred percent that that moves them up the rank, rankings. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get questions all the time. People like, I got a jujitsu tournament coming up. I got a fight coming up. Any tips? It's like. And, and they say it's in five days. You're either ready for that fight or not. It's what what have you been doing the last couple months, the last two months, the last three months? What have you been doing? Because now the weeks come, the the, the weekends come, you're ready to fight or compete. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. For There's sure. nothing you're really going to think or do that's going to really change the outcome. It's what the hell you've been doing the, the past eight weeks. For sure. Have you got to ask someone, you know, that question? Then they're, you know what I mean? I don't know. They got to look in the mirror, dude. But a guy that wants it is ready. He's fucking ready to do it right there in the parking lot. You know what I mean? Or fucking, they're, yeah. bite, they're bite, biting at the fucking bit, you know, to, mm -hmm. to get out there. There's shades of, of mentalities within this violent sport that we all participate in. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of fucking pussies. And there's a lot of cowards. And there's a lot of fucking brave men in this sport. And you can see it, dude. It comes out fight week. comes out fight day. It comes out when they get jabbed, need a punch, you know, like. Well, especially, I mean, once you're first time competing or your first time fighting, it's like, whoa, you're dealing with some shit you didn't expect. You you see it on TV, you're like, man, I want to, I'd love to fight one day. It'd be sick. I'd feel cool. I'd be able to shout. I mean, it'd be sick. And then it's coming though. And now you got to fight this fucking guy in a cage, and he's been training. So now you're battling with a bunch of different demons. Then you're cutting weight, and you're not really sure how to cut weight yet. For the first time competitors, it's like, just go out there, fucking try try your best to enjoy it. And just remember what kind of motions you, you had going into that fight. And then you can bring those into training and start mimicking those, those and and being calm. Yeah. I tell everyone, just embrace the journey, dude. There really is no destination. You know what I mean? Like, your fight, the fight camps are going to come and go. Fight night is going to come and go. And before you know it, dude, five years is going to be go by, ten years. And 
just enjoy the journey, dude. You know, when you're out there competing, you know, 15 minutes, 25 minutes, I tell these guys, that's the most you'll ever be alive. It's underneath those lights. Really. You know, the most you ever feel alive. It's such a human experience. And just embrace that, dude, you know, and, and be present. I think most people rush and try to look for the finish line. And you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. you just embrace the process, dude. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. I mean, just love and practice, love and showing up with the boys. Uh, because, I mean, even now, it's like Suge's the champion. It's like already we're trying to just enjoy the, enjoy everything. But because it's like, what's next? What's next? What's next? You, you think that you're going to get to a point when it comes to money or whatever that you're just like, ah, I don't worry anymore. It's like, that's not that way. Yeah. The journey is the fucking important part. You're right. That's right. Um, different. Another question is different boxers we've studied throughout throughout the careers um, to mimic. I mean, there's just so many different boxers. I mean, Juan Manuel Marquez, there's different KO tricks he has. Miguel Cotto, there's different things he does with his feet where he marches into opposite stances really tight. Obviously, Canelo Alvarez, who's just so creative with his body shots and and uh, mixing those up. Ricky Hatton, Roy Jones Jr. I was Jr. just going to say Ricky Hatton, dude. That's just so, so many different guys that you can sit there and watch. Watch the way they knock these people out. Watch the way they set up these knockouts earlier earlier with body shots and everything there's just so many different guys you can study i like how you say canelo and hatton back to back like that those are the two that, as far as punchers go i like watching those guys style they, they just plan look like they're fucking throwing to hurt you they're throwing with intention yeah you know i mean i love that about those guys and that style especially so I, so I like robbie lawler too from back in the day when he followed this fucking afro on board shorts but like ufc 17 and a half i think but like watching him fight with like a the fucking grit on his face every shot was emotion. to kill you yeah fuck Fucking sweet, 100%. Uh, all right, what else we got here? We got Jan Johnny Bones Jones. He says, what I refuse to do is be like a lot of these other fighters who stuck around too long. That just won't happen. Your boy Bones Jones over here, despite what a, a lot of people may th like to think, I've set myself up pretty well in life. I want Stipe for my resume. Outside of that, I need nothing else from this sport. I came, I saw, I conquered. Uh, people that are newer to the UFC, too, they don't. I don't remember how fucking good John Jones is and the people he took out his whole career. And untouchable, he, dude. Unfucking touchable, dude. He, did it, he took out these big names effortlessly. Literally. Effortlessly. Yeah. Ryan Bader submitted him guillotine. Easy. Shogun Hua TKO'd him. Easy. And this is when Shogun was the motherfucker. Quentin Jackson. This is supposed to be this crazy competitive fight. Rear naked choked him in the fourth. Leo Machida slept him. High elbow guillotine. Rashad Evans uh, beat him decision. Vitor Belfort about tore his fucking arm off with a key lock. Um, Chael Sonnen, TKO'd Chael Sonnen. Gustafson, that was a close competitive fight. I think he was coked up partying and still went out there and took out the best okay. Gustafson out there. Glover Teixeira took him out. Daniel Cormier took him out. Olvin St. Preux took him out. Gustafson KO'd Gustafson the second time. Anthony Smith took him out. Tiago Santos, Dominic Reyes, Serial gone. It's like every single. So then now they're saying uh, the Tom Aspinall and Tom Aspinall would have a chance in any fight. There's a chance he can win, obviously. But I just think John Jones. I just don't think anybody could touch him. Yeah. Include. I mean, Francis obviously has a puncher's chance too. But especially Francis, not really wrestling right now, grappling. It takes John Jones grabbing his leg one time, and the fight might be closed over for sure. That's what, and Jones knows that he always has that in his back pocket. I think she, and, he, and because of that, he can throw kicks. I remember we were, we were both sponsored by Silver Star way back in the day when he was on the come up. And like, he was telling me, he's like, dude, the reason why I can throw kicks is because I'm so, I got so much confidence in my wrestling. I'm like, what? Catch my kick, create a scramble. I want to win the scramble. And so that's how he's doing jump knees and all these kicks. I'm like, fuck, that mentality makes sense. You Hell know? yeah. For sure. Be yeah. more fucking reckless. Okay, we'll switch uh, directions a little bit. Scientists find about quarter million invisible nanoplastic particles in a liter of bottled water. The average liter of bottled water has nearly a quarter million invisible pieces of ever so tiny nanoplastics detected and categorized for the first time by a microscopic using dual lasers. Scientists long figured there were lots of these microscopic plastic pieces, but until researchers Researchers at Columbia and Rutgers universities did their calculations. They never knew how many or what kind. Looking at five samples of each of the three common bottled water brands, researchers found particle levels ranging 
from 110,000 to 400,000 per liter, averaging around 240 per thousand. I mean, it makes sense. That fucking water is sitting in there, and then it's getting cooked in these warehouses, and then the sun's beating on it, and it's just fucking melting that plastic into the water. The semis just fucking hauling it too, you know what I mean? Yeah. Fuck, dude, that's crazy. Uh, good water. Shit, I like the I like the uh, Mountain Valley water. I like it. Comes in glass. I tried to do some research about the best water, and that's some of the best that I could find. Um, what kind of things you been doing, Rob? You still been staying tight on your diet and everything, always? Yeah, I just try to, yeah, be smart about it, right? Health conscious, that's the main thing. You got to enjoy life, too, but, yeah. I'm just... And enjoy life, when we're talking drugs, what kind of drugs you been dealing with here? Uh, just smoke, just smoking, and um, I was doing, I, I, I was doing some uh, microdosing before I went to sleep at night, and having some amazing dreams, phenomenal dreams. Like, the trick is you gotta do it and then go to sleep, right? Because when you're on them, you can't really. Uh, so you crash time it right to where you take them and then hit the hit the hay. Yeah, I usually do an edible or something, and those, and then sleep. And the fucking dreams have been amazing. I'm waking up in the morning feeling so happy, like a little kid on fucking Saturday morning again, and so beneficial. Um, yeah, yeah. So you've been doing your weed and then doing some mushrooms here and there. Yeah, that's about it, dude. And yeah, just reading and shit and hanging out at the gym, hanging out with my girl and the kids and same old stuff. Yeah, enjoying fuck my yeah, life. living it. Yeah, that's nice. Okay, so I guess a bunch of people. I mean, the cops found Twitter explodes with anti-Semitic misinfo after secret tunnels found under the NYC synagogue. Do you see much about that? I saw that on the uh, yeah social media. That's wild. On Monday night, ten men were arrested following a dispute with New York City Police Department. Um, the Brooklyn Synagogue. They went in there and they were they were digging a bunch of tunnels, like a random tunnels. And then in those tunnels, there was like a mattress with like shit and piss on it, and there was like a baby, uh, a baby seat, like a I don't know what the fuck you call it, just like a baby seat in there. So what the fuck were those guys fuck? doing in there, doing some weird shit? And they were freaking out when those cops were digging into their tunnels, like panicked. Yeah. So they're doing some messed up shit. Who knows? You been in any, any conspiracy theories lately? All of them, bro. All of them. Dude. Are you? <laughs> yeah. There's so much shit out there. It's so crazy. But we can like obsess and about all the new crazy things and all that. Like, Will you scoot that a little closer? Yeah, there seems to be like new topics like every every month now you know with all the shit i mean that stuff at the, the mall down in florida but yeah what the f yeah that's crazy huh like they took out like no airspace and like the news and i don't know at first they said like that thing in the and the camera was like three people walking and then they said it was one person and who knows dude i don't know there's a lot of crazy shit out there but i mean it would make sense if they're trying to cover the epstein stuff yeah yeah that many cops showed up. That's a lot of fucking police. There was hundreds of cops. It looked like every fucking cop in the city was there, bro. For teenagers fighting, like that, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, literally. You know? Literally. That's wild. Okay, here we go. Um, here we go, here we go, here we go. This one here. Oh, no, what were you saying about the testosterone thing, though, that you were talking to your mom about? Oh shit! Wow, the charisma cycle. Yeah, that's Char fascinating. Charisma cycle. Uh, charism, charism. C H R I S M. So, uh, yeah, this word means means like Christ body or like anointed oil. So back in the day, like um, to get into some uh, alchemical stuff, I guess uh, the magic wand was known as the spine, right? The human spine, and like well, uh, the magic wand's that sex toy, right? Yeah, heck yeah, that one. <laughs> But so, so so a different magic wand. Different one, different, okay. different one. And so they say they say so once a month, according to your star sign, uh, as for everyone that does fasts out there and water fasting, they say the most important time to fast are these these days a month according to your star sign. So the moon, like for the for Leo, for mine, the moon is in the uh, star sign of Leo later this month on the twenty sixth, seventh, and twenty eighth. So for those three days, uh, I'm gonna fast. Just water fast, just take my minerals, right? Sea moss and all that, and and keep my body in an alkaline state. So no sex, no orgasming, no no food. And they say when you do this, your your brain secretes this colostrum that goes down your spine, and it goes all the way down. It collects the the bottom vertebrae and then goes back up your spine on the other side. And if your body's in an alkaline state, when it rehits your brain, 
your pituitary gland, your pineal gland release a, a substance, DMT from the pineal and uh, this like amber color from the, from the uh, pituitary. It's fascinating. And so once a month, this happens to every single human according to your star sign. And uh, they say it's like a, some kind of genetic, physical, mental, spiritual upgrade that takes place. Damn. That's like a big secret they don't want anyone to find out about. And what's interesting, there's, there's lunar. We used to have, the months used to be according to the lunar cycles, which is interesting. It goes hand in hand with this. Like, why did they change up the months? You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know, dude. But anyone listening, anyone that's into fasting. Where did you learn about this? Uh, I just read about it through different literature. There's like, I was listening to something the other day on just hermeticism and alchemy and the, and the language they were using. I'm like, wait a second. It sounds like this Christmas cycle. And then I lined it up and listened to it and type in just lunar, lunar cycles or lunar chrism cycles. It's C-H-R-I-S-M. The Greeks called it Christos, K-R-Y-S-T-O-S. Um, but it's crazy. This has been written, the, the literature's there and then just apply it and try it and watch what happens. I did it one time before, and um, it was it was a trip. You know, after you do mushrooms, the next day you feel kind of sharp and like aware, and mm-hmm. it's it's the opposite of a hangover, you know. So the next day I felt like that, but like times a thousand. Like Damn. I found such like a clarity, like high, and just I felt I felt upgraded. I don't even know the word for it. I remember I went in the sparring and I sparred the next day. I felt light in my feet. I was moving all fluidly. Eddie pulled me aside. He's like, "Dude, what the fuck?" He's like, "What are you on, dude? You just look fucking different." And what'd you tell him? Lunar cycles. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just like it. So if yeah. if people are interested, in that, that's what they should look up, look into. Lunar chrism cycle, you guys. I'm telling you, I just talked to my mom about it on the way here. It's so important. I, I'm a nerd about human human potential. You know yeah. what I mean? Even if I don't know you, I want to empower you to be the best possible version of yourself. You know, even for you guys, for my kids, for anybody. And uh, this literature, you guys, they've been hiding it throughout the Renaissance era. Like it, it's fucking fascinating. The the Roman Catholic Church used to kill. Anybody that talked about hermeticism either studied it or taught it, right? Well, why is that? Why would they try to do away with this this knowledge? It's because it's so fucking empowering, you yeah. know. And, and what it says is that we're connected to the stars. They say that your physical body is connected to like one specific constellation up in the heavens. That's fucking fascinating. So think about you're like a little fucking star god down here. Like that means you got some crazy potentials, if that's the case, you know. And this literature goes into those potentials and how to unlock those and. It's pretty sweet. It's fucking pretty, it's pretty fascinating. To be human is to be superhuman. You know what I mean? And too many people out there are living their lives broken, weak, sick, thinking they're not worthy of, thinking they're less than, when they don't even know the potentials they can access. It's, it's, I'm more passionate about that than I am like martial arts and shit, you know, as a father, just as a human. But this literature is mind blowing. I mean, it's pretty badass. I mean, you're turning into such a good coach, too, because you got so many life experiences and stuff, and especially just in fighting, you've just competed a lot. What makes you think, like, some people are good coaches, some people aren't? Yeah, it's a, it's a gift. It's a kind of a talent to even coach and, I guess, um, articulate, right? To articulate, be able to speak about things and why you're doing the things you're doing um, is, is important. So... Just loving your sport too, loving your sport and being able to explain things differently to different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make them understand. Yeah. Some guys might say seem say something one way, another guy might say it the other way, and the way that guy said it clicked and you kinda of like absorb it and literally took it and I mean, even with jujitsu, it's like if you see one black belt explain a knee cut and then you see another black belt explain a knee cut, it's the same move, but they're explaining it in different ways and you pick up little details from each each different guy. Um, I fucking, I've been loving being a coach and it really helped holds me accountable too to live my life in a good way. You can't just fucking preach it and not do it. Right. Um, I've been loving, loving it. Yeah. I've like forgotten more stuff than I remember, you know? Oh, I mean, you've been doing it for 20 plus years. Yeah. I wish I had like videos of all the coaches, all the camps, all the conditioning coaches I got to meet through BJ and all them and with Cyborg and just all the different levels of, of knowledge I've, I've got to be around. It's been such a pleasure, dude. I, I take that away more so than anything else. You know? Oh, for sure. Hell yeah. So this is seven habits of highly miserable people here. They eat a diet high in calories but low in nutrition. Eating too much food leads to excess fat and belly, blah, blah, blah. Also, lack of key micronutrients can lead to the mental health issues. You do see it. It's normal for people. It's like every, It's like a... I mean, it's, people are getting away from it now, but it's like every single meal you eat 
doesn't have to have some sort of bread with it. I don't know if that's an old school thing or, or something. Um, so the diet, people don't understand that a lot of the diet is affects your mood. And maybe something you ate 48 hours ago is affecting you. And you're like, why the fuck am I just pissed off today? I just feel like shit. Maybe you ate a bunch of fucking ice cream or something or a bunch of bread, and now it's finally affecting your mood. People don't correlate those two. For sure. That's the biggest fucking thing. I'm so glad you said that. It's so important. It's the quality of your gut, right? The quality of your gut will, will, will show in, in your mannerisms, in your person, in your moods. I mean, parasites take up space in your guts, and these things 1,000% are connected to, you know, uh, all uh anxiety and depression and all this shit and people drinking coca-colas out there this stuff kicks in fucking you know alzheimer's early like people are just they're fucking up their bodies and their minds by what they're putting in their mouths and they're not even aware of it mm -hmm. that's why when you fast you feel so clean you feel elevated you really do your, your body gets a chance to reset and that's what's so important about fasting is you give your body a break time to reset the microbiome that's your second brain for a reason and your whole spirit gets elevated. You know what I mean? The mind, body, spirit go hand in hand. And um, So are you trying to do a fast once a week or are you trying to do it once a month? Um, right now I'm going to do just, I have it written down for the next year where my uh, chrism lunar cycles are at. So I'm going to fast just those three days. And, um, see and that's that once a month? Yeah, once a month. Yep. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, next one here on the seven habits of highly miserable people. They don't get enough sleep. Lack of sleep is the, the lead domino to feeling miserable. Long-term, it messes with your hormones and invites diseases. Sleep is a big one. I mean, when I see people that are sucking down caffeine and it's like 6, 7 p.m., I'm like, there's probably there's probably something fucked up with them. They're like, yeah, I could just I could chug this bang right now and I could fall asleep. I'm like, there's probably something, something that's not right then. And uh, getting your sleep dialed in is a fucking good one you know you know when you wake up i mean sometimes you wake up and you feel groggy and they say sometimes you can wake up and feel groggy because you're waking up in such a deep sleep that doesn't mean you didn't sleep good it just means you you were in a deeper sleep when you woke up that's one thing i take pride in is fucking sleeping good. since high school i'm like fuck i'm never gonna work or i have to get up early i fucking hate it we getting up early i love sleep so much dude it's 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 yeah, 100% affects your stress levels throughout the day when you're just resting, dude, being at peace. And Fuck, yeah. Fuck. Number three is they don't exercise. No exercise is one-way ticket to misery, and I'm dealing with that right now. I'm like, I'm not supposed to do shit because of stem cells, and I'm, then I have this foot thing. I'm like, fuck, bro. I'm so used to getting my heart rate up and pushing myself, and it's like it's been a real challenge not getting pissed off, not exercising, especially fighters too. I mean, Fighters or jujitsu guys were used to just expending that energy every single day, and then just not. Well, that's good practice for me, dude. So if you talk to that's real talk, you guys for sure. You talk to any fighter, specifically any athlete, but any fighter who's injured like that and they're not able to train, it affects you mentally, dude. Right? You get like yeah. short fuse. It's like an outlet. You fuck. You've been so used to getting this fix, this like violent fucking physical fix, and now you're not able to. Yeah, for sure. I know what you mean. I think, uh, I mean, it helps being a, a coach a little bit because I'm like, I, I, okay, I can't be a bitch about this. I got all these people there that I have all these students under me that they're going to get hurt one day. And they hopefully they can look to me and be like, well, look what happened to him. He just fucking stayed positive, stayed on his routine, stayed eating healthy, stayed sleeping good, didn't bitch, accept it. That's what happened. Now put all your effort into the recovery. So I'm trying to do that. Yeah, I think the quality of your blood is going to help heal it. The blood is what heals it from the the inside out so even just being like in the gym or doing as much cardio as you can or at least eating well dieting well you know fasting and all that and i think even reading your thoughts having healthy thoughts programs the body to heal faster you know there's things you can do as opposed to just taking all these pain pills sitting on the couch eating shit feeling like shit now your blood isn't as oxidized so now your shit's not going to heal as fast you know fuck, fuck yeah uh number four they don't spend enough time in nature that's one thing i could improve just getting outside fucking more, god damn it. They complain and always play victim. You've been you've been around people like that, haven't you? They're always complaining, always fucking playing victim. God damn it, those guys are toxic. And especially the people that the, that they play victim, they do this, and, they, and then maybe you give them a couple tools. Maybe you can work on this and everything will get better. And then they just don't do it. It's, it's like, the, it's the big, I feel like society's programmed to play the victim card. 
and some different cultures play the victim card more than others and it's a, it's the it's the it's it's like putting yourself in chains dude you know what i mean if we really have godlike potential then why would you ever think of yourself as less than or play the victim card you know what i mean like you hear all these people go from rags to riches. It's their mindset, you know, people that, you know, how it's what you do with the hand you're dealt, not not so much the hand you're dealt. How do you play your hand? You know what I mean? Mm. And that's fucking a life thing. They will look for every excuse to not take control of their life. They will place the blame on others for their lack of results. They will seek handouts and complain when they don't come. I mean, you see that too. I mean, in fighting, you see that too. You see a fighter where it's like they own up to it. They're like, I fucked up. I did this. But then you see it in fighters where they're automatically looking to blame their coaches or looking to blame their training camp. They're looking for somewhere else to blame. Yeah. I'm going to go take a piss really quick. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to go up. No, for sure. Instead of just taking your losses, like, there's one winner, one loser. You know, it's high stakes. MMA is a high stakes game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Win or lose, so. Uh, we'll bounce around here real quick What tell Rob's back. Charles Oliveira's head coach explains the reasoning behind taking the Armin Sarsukian fight. Charles fought the last time in June last year. Islam Makachev is returning in the second half of the year. We couldn't go more than a year without fighting. Ah, but Armin Sarsukian is tough, which is, which easy opponent has Charles fought? Question mark. Go to Tapology and look at his opponents. He's never been weak and never will. That's why he is who he is, and that's why he's real, and that's why you like him. It, it's never been easy. I mean, Charles is a fucking badass, and there's a good chance Charles walks out there, fucking throws a head kick on him, or fucking wobbles him, and guillotines him or something. But that Armin guy, he's he's solid. He trains an American Top Team. He's just a fucking beast of athlete. I'd like to rewatch him and Islam. But Islam just tweeted too. He said June eighth pay per view versus G. November, UFC MSG versus Oliveira or Armin. February 2025 versus anybody. Inshallah. So, we'll see there. We'll see there. But in your life, Rob, how what what have you done? What's some things where you, you, you see that you can kind of tell that a person's just toxic? And they're just a toxic person to be around. And sometimes in jobs, you got to deal with these toxic people. That's the thing. Sometimes you don't even have the choice. You have to be around these fucking toxic people. Maybe they're complaining. Maybe they like to blame. Maybe they like to lie. Maybe they like to steal. Maybe they like to talk shit behind your back. Um, yeah. They're, un they're, un they're, they're ungrateful for life, dude. You know what I mean? They're grumpy. They're miserable. There's something they don't like about themselves or their life, dude. So they just kind of... Maybe try to take down the people around them. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, instead of uplifting. There's enough pieces of pie for everybody, dude. You I think I mean? that and, too. And and, and we're, we're we're electrical magnetic beings, dude. So that and what do magnets do? They attract, right? So I think whatever you put out there is what you attract. If you're grateful in life and you you, you have gratitude and you're happy for others and you're grateful for others and their success and their wins and even their losses and then good things are going to happen to you and the universe is going to give you things that you're grateful for, you know? I think mindset is everything in this life. Your mind is the most powerful tool in the universe. And um, a lot of people let their thoughts uh, dictate where, the, where their raft goes instead of the, controlling their thoughts, right? Therefore, controlling how you feel. Because mm -hmm. your thoughts will always come before emotions, right? Your thoughts will always come before feelings. And so the more we learn to, to manage our thoughts... Dude, we learn how to manage our emotions and then you dictate how you feel throughout the day. You don't need a little chemical or a little pill or, oh, I take this because I have depressive thoughts or this because I have anxiety and this, this. Like, anxiety and depression, you cannot own. They're not physical things. You can't put anxiety in a bottle. You can't put depression in a bottle. They're just frames of mind. They're mindsets, right? And you can change that mindset with one single thought, with one single breath. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, man, I think thinking and breathing go hand in hand. You guys, you know, the Wim Hof and all that stuff. And that's what meditation is. But people can change the playing field of their lives within the, the speed of thought, which has been proven to be faster than the speed of light. So, so for people that are playing the victim card, they're choosing to stay at that frequency and they're choosing to stay at that degree of existence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than they're there, they have no idea how powerful they are. They can change the whole shit, dude. Yeah. And then you get around people too, like, the only thing you have in common with a person is talking shit about someone else or they come to you and the first thing they start to talk about is gossip about something else, someone else. Yeah. 
I think that should be an alert to be like, damn, I'm, I'm going to try to steer this conversation in a different direction. But the, the, those are like the habits of toxic people. They like to fucking downplay when anyone does anything good. They like to downplay it or make excuses or why did they get there? Blah, 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 blah. But those toxic people are fucking draining. Yeah. Number seven here of the habits of miserable people. They love picking fights. Miserable people love making other people miserable. So they'll find something to pick fights about resorting to insults or other childish ways to make another person feel like shit. Solution, stop hating on people and picking fights. That's what that's what you just touched on too, is just the people around you, be fucking happy for their success. Don't be jealous and be like, oh, I wonder if I'm going to get there or uh, just be happy for it. Right. Get your shit dialed in a little bit here. Okay. How much difference have the UFC been now? I mean, since you fought in it compared to now when you show up, they got your supplements taken care of, they got your food taken care of, they got... Everything dialed in compared to back back when you're fighting. It's just no different than another promotion. You show up, yeah. You knew everybody fight, on maybe. the roster. I remember when I was in the UFC, there was like there's like uh, I think 50 fighters or something. There was you knew everybody on the whole roster. You knew everyone that worked from the company, and yeah, it's crazy. It's it's cool to see it blow up, and it hasn't seemed to lose steam though. Like the same like momentum the company had and the sport had back then, it still has the same like growth and yeah. momentum going you know it's kind of cool i mean I'm, i wonder how much that has to do with just dana being crazy fucking dana which is probably a lot huh yeah they've done well as far as like i think playing the entertainment side of it as well you know because it is the entertainment industry and i think they've done really well is catering to that side of things you know and bringing in the names they have and guys like sugar a big part of that that have ushered the ufc to like maybe a demographic that wouldn't necessarily you know got involved like with all the gaming stuff and then Snoop Dogg being there and just it's awesome dude yeah I mean fucking the all the influencer shit and it was, it's so much about timing with things and that was a good good timing for Suge and, and us yeah um Carl Jung the foundation of mental illness is the unwillingness to experience legitimate suffering so no sugar I'm sure how's that bud that's a good one huh Rob Dude. The foundation of mental illness is the unwillingness to experience legitimate suffering. Carl Jung, dude, he was a hermetic student before he was a psychologist. It is fascinating. I have a really good book on me mental alchemy by, by him. And him and uh, yeah, Freud were both hermetic students. All the psychologists talk about Carl Jung, how he was so ahead of his time. And he would talk about shit. They were like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like every single psychologist I know still talks about Carl Jung. I okay. think he discovered the power of transmuting thought, just like we talked about earlier. That's what all the hermetic literature goes into, is the power of the mind. And when you transmute your thoughts, you... You move that mic a little closer. You, uh, yeah, just by transmuting your thoughts and just by breathing, you can, you can transmute your body from an, an acidic state to an alkaline state. Right? And that is alchemy. That's physical alchemy you're doing with breath work and with your mind. You know, and yeah. the power of the mind is so fascinating. You know what I mean? Like with your mind, you can imagine a perfect circle right but when you try to draw with your finger you can't draw a perfect circle you need a tool outside of yourself right so like the physical world isn't really imperfect but you can imagine it perfect you know what i mean and um it's crazy and al alchemically speaking the mind manifests forth from spirit so mind comes forth from spirit and body comes forth from mind and that's the whole thing with alchemy it's mind body spirit and so you know, you never see a guy on the couch that's like a lazy, fat-looking piece of shit that's fucking super intelligent, super hyped, and, and motivates people and is all fucking, you know, intelligent conversation. Usually their fucking, their personality backs up how they physically look. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? And vice versa. You know what I mean? You see big guys that are super, super beast athletes, guys like GSP. They don't have a lazy, fat, lethargic mindset. You know what I mean? They have a pretty, you know, a mindset that backs up the physical body. Yeah. You know, and uh, that, that fucking interests me. I like how Socrates said... Every civilian, it's his responsibility, his or her responsibility to be as physically fit as possible. And that makes so much sense, dude. You know what I mean? You got to carry yourself, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? With some pride and the, and no one should be walking. I've been, I mean, you travel the world, you get to see, dude, there's not, it's not normal for people to be in their crutches and, and walkers and, and wheelchairs and people going to the hospital for heart conditions in their 60s. 
this is not normal, dude. You know, you, you go to Greece and these other areas that are old world and these people eating from the sea and eating actual nutrients. There's no, ob obesity is not normal. Obesity is very taboo of a thing, actually. And here it's so normal. It's a, it's a, it's a normal normality here. That's fucked up. That is a disease that people think obesity is a norm. And not only that, they're trying to, they're trying to fucking validate it and trying to fucking groom it, dude, and celebrate it. Get the fuck out of here with that shit, dude. No, 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 dude. That's a disease, dude. And it's ones that corrupting a lot of people, you know? And a lot of people don't leave these borders of this country. When you go travel the world and you see how obesity is a taboo thing in a lot of these countries where people are living to their 90s and 100s and they're looking fit and enjoying life. Yeah. There's something going on, you know what I mean? Fuck yeah. And back to this Carl Jung, the foundation of mental illness is the unwillingness to experience legitimate suffering. And it's, if people's lives are so fucking comfortable all the time, everything's comfortable all the time, you're going to create some shit. You're going to create some shit in your mind, anxiety. You're going to create problems in your mind. That's why it's important to fucking go to the gym a little bit. Maybe get in a cold plunge. Do something that causes yourself to suffer a little bit. It makes the rest of life much better. Okay, Joey Diaz says, scratch your balls and sniff your fingers. We're not fucking around today. <laughs> like that. Any comedians you like a lot? Um, fuck. I mean, I, I, I enjoy comedy, comedy. I watch them, all of them, dude. You know what I mean? Not, not, none that I watch religiously. None really stick out. Yeah, but. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, we got the new Confidential show. And we get real juicy on that show. And it's on Patreon only. Patreon only, and the people have been loving it. And I am I was planning on doing two a month, but the people are loving it so much, I might do more than that. And then there's going to be a Spotify. Um, if you listen to the podcast on Spotify, there's going to be a private link for Patreon subscribers only. And there's been literally five years of content on Patreon. Vlogs, tutorials, cooking vids. All sorts of stuff. So the ultimate supporters are there, and now there's a big group chat thing on there. So I'm constantly on there talking. Um, so if you enjoy the show, go ahead and uh, check it out. Also on Snapchat, Tim Welch MT. Where can everyone follow you, Rob? Uh, just not violent athlete, violent underscore athlete. My Instagram, and then uh, yeah, I'm pretty much just on there always. Are you still shadowed? Uh, probably is a good chance. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> i'm cool with that so all right brother thanks for coming in good talking to you again the the people always love you on the pod so uh right on. man appreciate you guys all right guys hit that like and subscribe button and comment your thoughts below and i'll talk to you guys next week love you bye-bye